the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon, Southern California. It is so good to hear you. We are glad to have you with us today on Southern California Live here on KKLA 99.5. It is a rainy day out there, so if you're listening to us, we hope that you are being safe. If you're driving in your car, maybe you're uh, commuting to work or from work, whatever that might be, uh, we want to encourage you to uh, be safe. And uh, But listen to KKLA. We love our, our commuter listeners. Uh, I want to welcome not only those in L.A. area, but also the O.C., uh, but also those that are listening in on KPRZ in San Diego. We are glad that you are listening and want to hear from you today. Uh, the show is called Southern California Live, and that end of that show is called Live for a reason. That means that every day from 3 to 5, you can call in and be a part of the show. Uh, we want to hear from you. Uh, we have a neat show for you today, and uh, we have a lot of opportunities for you to get involved with that. And so we'll tell you a little bit about that as we go along. But uh, we, we reach all the way down to San Diego, all the way down into the third of Mexico, all the way up to Camarillo up here in Southern California towards L.A. And so we thank you for listening. What a great day uh, we had yesterday. Yesterday, if you were listening, um, hopefully you didn't. Hopefully you did. But if you didn't uh, watch or I didn't, I'm sorry, if you didn't listen, uh, you can catch a podcast of that show on KKLA.com. But we talked about communication and conflict in marriage in the first hour, and I had my wife, Jen Carlson, and that was a treat as well. And then we talked about PTSD and its effects on our relationships and society in general with uh, former Navy veteran uh, Rudy Swigert. And uh, I want to encourage you, if you did, and I want to also thank, we had some folks that uh, uh, emailed us in at uh, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. That's another way you can get involved in the show, not only by calling, and I'll give you the number right now, but the number is 888-52-TALKS. That's 888-528-2557. Or we also have an email, uh, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. And so we got an email yesterday, and so I just want to thank Alex for sending that email in. And uh, we were able to help Alex and uh, and really get some resources behind some of the questions and, and concerns they were having. So you can do that as well. Some people don't like to be heard on the radio. Uh, some people do. But either way, we want to hear from you. But Anyway, we hope that you feel encouraged today uh, by listening and that you are challenged to uh, think deeper. Hopefully you uh, draw closer to God by listening. And uh, if that's you, we would love to hear from you. And uh, let's do that. So let's get started today because it's action-packed uh, in this first hour. And, and in this first hour, I want to do something a little bit different. Um, I've been a uh, fill-in host a number of times now all the way going back to September. And I've never really done this. And that is this. I want to for the first couple segments of this first hour, um, I've never done a show like this at the back end of a year, of a calendar year. And so we, we sit on a very interesting time. Today is uh, Wednesday. It's the 29th, uh, only a couple more days before the end of this year. Um, but more importantly, it's the beginning of a brand new year in 2022 that's coming up just in a few days. And 2022 uh, has a lot of uncertainties, uh, a lot of possibilities. Um, and I want to take this hour and talk about two separate topics. Um, and, and hopefully through those topics, one, my, my hope is, is that you'll be encouraged today. Number two, I hope you will grow in some areas of your life. But three, 
I want to challenge you to make a difference in this upcoming year. We have had a unique 2020 and unique 2021, and I believe, I believe wholeheartedly that the people of God are supposed to live in a position of victory. In fact, not only a position fighting for victory, but fighting from a position of victory. And so I want to talk to you just uh, briefly today about living a victorious life in 2022. That's living a victorious life in 2022. And, and as I talk about this, I want to have you call in. If you uh, have an encouraging word, if you have a prayer request, if, if you have a concern for 2022, we'd love to pray with you. Please give us a call. But when I was growing up, we lived with my mom's parents for a period of time, but my grandma actually lived with us a good portion of my life. And she would get up every morning at around 5 or 5.30. That's early. And that's Saturdays and Sundays. And she would get ready and usually be at the grocery store by about 6 or 7. And one of the common phrases that she would do it every Saturday, she would do this. And imagine me as a teenager at about 5.30, 6 o'clock. My grandma would come in my door and she would say, Eddie, it's time to get up and get dressed. Now, that seems like a no-brainer. Number one, it seems like a little early for a teenager at 6 o'clock, but it seems like a no-brainer. Yes, you got to get up, and when you get up, I need you to get dressed. But how I grew up, my family, at least on my mother's side, was from the South, and so when people said things or there was phrases that they used, there was a lot of times a deeper and more important meaning than what was just heard in the statement alone. So here's what time to get up and get dressed really meant. It really meant to get up and get ready because there's things to do and there's work to be accomplished. It meant the time of resting was done, get ready and get to work. And that's what it really meant. Of course, I was going to get dressed, but really what it meant is, hey, Ed, it's time to get up. And listen, we got some things to do, so enough sleeping. And I believe that that is really the clarion call for the church today. It's time to get up. And get dressed, for the time of resting is over. It's time to get ready, and it's time to get to work. And this is why that message is important, is because the Christian life, I really believe this, in fact, it's biblical, that the Christian life is a battleground, not a playground. But the good news is this, that God has given us everything that you need for the battle. But you must decide each and every day to suit up with the truth, to suit up with faith, to suit up with righteousness. You have to get up and get dressed. In the book of Ephesians, Paul wrote the letter to the Ephesians sometime around AD 60, 61. And it's about the same time that he wrote the book of Colossians and Philemon. And he sent all three of those letters, Colossians, Philemon, and Ephesians, by the hand of a guy by the name of Tychicus, and he was accompanied by one of Paul's associates, Onesimus. And it was during this time that Paul sat in Rome, undergoing his first Roman imprisonment, making Ephesians one of the four what we call the prison epistles. And Ephesians is one of Paul's most formal letters, and it deals with topics at the very core of what it means to be a Christian, both in faith and in practice, how we walk that out in our life. And here's what I love about the letter to the Ephesian church, and really it's a letter to us as a church today, that Paul divided his letter to the Ephesians in two clear segments, applying the truths of the first part of the letter 
makes possible the actions and lifestyle of the second part of the letter. Now, I'm going to tell you what I mean by that because it's when you really understand this, it'll be powerful and it's going to change how you do things. So what did the first part of that letter say from Paul to the Ephesian church? Look at what it said. It really, the declaration is this, and then we're going to read it. The declaration that Paul made to the church, to the Christians, and the, what he makes to us as Christians now, sitting at the very end of 2021, he says that God has already blessed us with every resource we need in our heavenly fight. That's so good. God has already blessed us with every resource we need in our heavenly fight. You realize that we're in a spiritual battle. Remember I said earlier, this is a battleground. It's not a playground. So Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 says this, that blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Then he concludes the letter by detailing exactly how we can appropriate these resources on the battlefield. It's pretty cool. So, so Paul says, hey, listen, church, Jesus has blessed us with, in Christ with every resource, every spiritual blessing that you'll ever need. And then in verses 10 and 8 through 18 of chapter 6, he says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the, in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Wow, what a what a powerful statement from Paul. And I want you just to think about it, him writing it to you right now at the end of 2021, as we're getting ready to move into 2022. Why is all this stuff necessary? I mean, what's the big deal? I mean, it seems like a lot of work each day to get up, as Paul said, and to put on the whole armor of God. Well, let me remind you of the first thing I said to you just a couple minutes ago. The Christian life is a battleground, not a playground. But, but let me add this to it. As Christians, we face three enemies. And you may think that, you know, your enemy is, uh, you know, um, I don't know, cancel culture. You may think that, that your enemy is, um, you know... COVID, you may think that your enemy is your spouse, you may think that your enemy is some, you know, wretched enemy that you have or friend that just hates your guts. Listen, we have three enemies. Number one, the world, the flesh, which is just a part of us that is just that fallen nature part of us, that, that one that we have to beat into submission and through the Holy Spirit, Jesus sanctifies us every day. And then the devil. And when we say the world, it refers to the system around us. And, and listen, let me tell you, folks, we have seen the system around us for really what it is. And that system caters to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And that flesh is that old nature that is opposed to God and really can do nothing spiritual to please God. 
And then there's the devil, which is the captain of the ship of the world and all that surrounds that. The ringmaster of those two domains, the world and the flesh. And so since we are, are fighting against enemies in the spirit world, we need special equipment, both for offense and defense. And remember, I'm talking to you today about how can we have victory in 2022? How can we wake up and, and, and get up and get dressed and win 2022 for ourselves and most importantly, for Jesus Christ and his kingdom? And notice that God has provided the whole armor. It's already provided for you. You don't have to make it up. You don't have to create it. You just have to put it on. It's important to to, to delineate, to remember. A better way to translate that verse would be this. The complete armor of God has been given to you. In other words, we cannot and must not omit any part of that arm. And, I, and, I, and I'm guilty, probably along with many of you, that there's some times in my day or in my life I get up and I probably put partial armor on. <laughs> Maybe I put on that breastplate of righteousness, but I've got some other things that I didn't put on. I didn't put on that helmet of salvation or that belt of truth. We must be resolute and committed to not just hurting the enemy, but defeating the enemy daily. And we do that by understanding this. Here's how we do that. That anything in this life, and this is so important. I want you to hear this. If you're driving right now, uh, and I want to hear from you on this, I want to hear what you think about this. But if you're listening, whether you're listening at home, in the comfortability of your home, or you don't have to get in the rain, or maybe you're driving right now, maybe you're at work listening. Anything in this life, anything, a person, a way of thinking, a community, a culture, that elevates itself and its belief system or way of doing things over an almighty God and his character and his righteous ways is a tool of the enemy. I want you to remember that. It could be a person. It could be a way of thinking, maybe a community, a a culture. But those things are used by the enemy in opposition against God. And knowing that Christ has already conquered Satan and that the spiritual armor and weapons are available, we do not fight, as I said earlier, we don't fight for victory. We fight from a place of victory. We fight from victory. And so what are those things? Well, we got the belt of truth. I love it because it starts with the belt of truth and our armor is held together by the principle that there is indeed absolute truth. And this is going to come into huge play in our second hour as we talk with our special guests about a really hot topic. But our armor is held together by the principle that there is indeed absolute truth and that that absolute truth can be known because God has revealed himself in the person of Jesus Christ. See, Satan's a liar. But the believer whose life is controlled by truth, by truth, will defeat him. For those of you that are just tuning in, where you're listening to KKLA, 99.5 FM, and this is Ed Carlson, your host today. We're talking about how to live a life of victory in 2022. See, you have the belt of truth, which is great news because it's no good to fight with your pants down. It just doesn't look good and it's not going to work. See, our armor is held together. Listen to this. Why does it start with the belt of truth? Because everything is held together by the principle that there is indeed absolute truth. See, our culture wants to tell you that you can make up your own truth, that whatever is true for you is true. But the reality of it is there is an absolute truth because there is a God and he is the author of absolute truth. And that absolute truth can be known because God has revealed himself. 
In fact, the idea of absolute truth is inseparable from the life of Jesus Christ and from the Bible. In fact, Jesus in John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I just don't, I don't just talk about it, Jesus says. He goes, I am truth. He also defined the word of God as truth. He said this in John 17, 17. He said, sanctify them, God, by your truth. Your word is truth, he says. So in a world that drifts, in a cancel culture that drifts without absolutes, these words are an anchor for your soul. Wherever you're at today, wherever, if you feel like you're swaying, if you feel like you're drifting, grab a hold of the anchor of Jesus Christ because he is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. It says, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. See, unless we practice truth in our own life, we cannot use the word of truth. And here's the key. Once lies, and this, is, this will probably help all, a lot of you out. I just want you to listen to this truth. Once lies and falsehood get into the life of a believer, if you're out there and you love Jesus, and, and many of you do, and are and serving him, but when you begin to allow falsehood and lies to be a part of your everyday life, everything begins to unravel and fall apart. And perhaps, and I don't know this is you, I just, I, I'm just encouraging you to take a look at yourself as we enter into a new year. Is there parts of my life that I have falsehood and lies that I'm making a regular part of my life? And if so, let's get rid of them because maybe that's one of the reasons why some of your life is falling apart and unraveling around you. See, truth keeps everything together. First Peter chapter 1, verse 13 says, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I love that. Gird up the loins of your mind. In other words, he's using like this, this belt concept that holds everything together. He says, use truth, the truth of Jesus Christ, the revelation of Jesus Christ, to, to get your mind right. And we all need to get our mind right a little bit, especially after the last couple of years. But the second piece of armor that it talks about is this breastplate of righteousness. Now, there's two kinds of righteousness that we possess, and both are, are, are very vital. Every believer, if you love Jesus Christ and you are in relationship with him and you uh, have come to know him as your personal savior, every believer possesses the, what we call the imputed righteousness of God. It, it has been accounted to you by faith in Christ. It has been put to your account. You did nothing for it. Philippians 3, 9 says, and to be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. But the second one is this, we, we have that imputed righteousness, but we also possess our own practical righteousness that's empowered by the Holy Spirit. See, this is key. Satan is the accuser, but he cannot accuse the believer who is living a godly or a righteous life in the power of the Spirit. The life we live either supports the enemy's claims against us or it what? It defeats him. See, when Satan accuses the believer, the positional righteousness of Christ that we got when we came into relationship with Christ assures the believer that his or her salvation and the practical righteousness assures the believer of their power. Did you hear that today? The imputed or the, or the positional righteousness that you have in Christ assures your salvation, but your practical righteousness that you work out on a daily basis ensures the power that you have to live the life that God wants you to live. So when we say put on the breastplate of righteousness, what we mean is this, 
two points, two parts. The positional righteousness that you get from God, but also the practical righteousness. In other words, living the life that God's called you to live. Scripture says that your heart is deceitful above all things. Your heart will lie to you. Or another way to say it too, when we say heart is your emotions or your thoughts. Your heart, your mind will lead you into unrighteousness. I can promise you that. But the breastplate of righteousness protects your deceitful heart. You are not righteous because you are good. You are righteous because you are in Christ. And then we must on the daily walk out that righteousness as unto the Lord. Scripture says that there's no one righteous, not even one. Scripture says that your best attempt at righteousness is as filthy rags. But because you put on the breastplate of righteousness, when he sees you, he sees the breastplate. He doesn't see your sin. Well, we've talked about two. When we get back right after the break, we're going to have some other ones as we kind of land the plane and talk about how can I be victorious in 2022? And I'm believing for all of you that are listening, as well as your families and your friends, that 2022, if we will invite Christ and involve Christ into our daily walk, it is going to be the best year ever. It's going to be a victorious year in 2022. Well, I've engaged your heart. When we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more as well about this. But we wanted you to give us a call, so give us a call right now at 888-52-TALKS. That's 888-528-2557. This is Ed Carlson, and you're listening to Southern California Live here on KKLA. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Southern California Live here on KKLA and KPRZ in San Diego. Welcome back. Hope you're staying dry out there to the best of your abilities. It is a wet one out there. I think I slid all the way from Huntington Beach here to Glendale, but I'm safe. It's nice and warm here in our studios. But we hope you're having a great day. We hope that you're being encouraged as you listen today. And we're talking in these first and second segments about living a victorious life in 2022. And I know, man, I've talked to so many people over the last year and a half, too, that the last couple of years have been so tough. And I know it's been talked about a lot, but what's not talked about a lot is how do we live victoriously in 2022? How do we put the past behind us? How do we let the past be the past? And how do we live in victory? That doesn't mean that things are going to happen to you. That doesn't mean that we're going to live a life free of pain or free of disappointment. Of course not. But you can have, you can lose battles, but still win the war. And I really believe that God is calling the church of Jesus Christ to stand up and to say, listen, we're going to live in victory. We're going to advance. You know, the Bible says, which is interesting, and I, and I thought about this, and there's a song that's out right now, and I can't think of it on the top of my mind, but it talks about, it uses a verse that, that talks about that, that uh, the, the, the gates of hell will not be able to stand against it, about the kingdom of God. And what's interesting, I never, I don't know why I didn't think about this, but that means that the gates of hell are taking on the onslaught or, or the, the attacks of the people of God. You know, so many times I think that we just kind of sit there and we think that we have to just be, you know, people of spiritual peace and we just let the enemy just kind of rail us and, you know, we sit back and go, okay, well, I'm just going to make it through. But the Bible says that the gates of hell, he's t- talking to his disciples. And I've been to that area in Israel where Jesus was talking to his disciples about this, and it's a very interesting place. And he was saying this, he's saying, listen, when you live in me, upon your confession of me, 
when you confess me and when you have that practical and positional righteousness in your life, the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against you. They will not be able to hold back. In fact, it's not now just a defensive thing. We are now on the offensive. And I hope that encourages you today. But let's get back into this. So we talked about two pieces of the armor. The third one is this. It talks about shoes of peace from the gospel. Verse 15 says, As shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. The Roman soldier wore sandals with what, they, what we call hobnails in the soles to give them better footing for battle. This is interesting, very interesting. So, so listen to all this, and this is how it just kind of helps us understand what Paul was talking about here. If you want to be victorious, in other words, to have what? The right footing. Listen to that. If you want to have the right footing against the enemy, you must be at peace with God and peace with each other. Listen. There are a lot of times that the enemy gets an upper hand on us because we're not at peace with God, but many times we're not at peace with others. And the reality of it is, if we're not at peace with others, we're not at peace with God. If you want to do damage against the enemy, we must be prepared each day to share the gospel of peace with the lost world. The most victorious Christian is the witnessing Christian. And, And here's what we do know. We know that the heart of Christ beats for the lost. What did he say? He says, I've come to seek and to save who? The lost. And so when we make part of our regular day, our regular life, that of of going out and being a witness for God, and and that doesn't mean that you have to preach or that you have to, but it does mean that you have to open your mouth. And when God gives you the opportunity, then he will. You have to open, you have to give a reason for the hope that you have. And when we do, listen, there is no more victorious or powerful Christian than one that is a witnessing Christian. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 through 21 says this. It says, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Well, what is that? That is that. This, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. That's our ministry that we have. Not counting their trespasses against him and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, We are ambassadors for Christ. You didn't know that you're an ambassador. I always thought it'd be a cool thing to be an ambassador for the United States to another country and live in another country. Well, guess what? We are. Our home is in heaven, but God has placed you and me as an ambassador here on the earth. And what is your job? Your mission is simply this, is to reconcile people back to God. And look what it says. We implore you. It's almost like the word for beg, like not begging, but it's saying we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. See, our victory isn't found in destroying, but in building God's kingdom. We spend a lot of time destroying God's kingdom by destroying people. But we, we, we find we, we, our victory is found in building the kingdom of God as we share the gospel wherever we go. We've talked about the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace from the gospel. And then there's this, the shield of faith. That's one that maybe you know really well. But back in those days, the shield was large. In fact, the shield that Paul's talking about is probably about four feet tall and two feet wide. And it was made of wood and covered in leather, which would be soaked in water before going into battle. And the reason that they would do this is when they go into battle, they would take these shields, a, a group, of, a garrison of, of soldiers would go together and the shields interlocked so that a line of soldiers could become a long wall. 
marching forward towards enemy ranks. And I want you to get that picture. That's what we're called to do as Christians. We're to link arms with other brothers and sisters in the faith and forget all this different stuff about we're going to have disagreements, different denominations and all that stuff. But the reality of it is, man, if you believe in Jesus, if you believe that he is the way, the truth, and the life, we got to lock arms and we have to move forward together, advancing on the enemy. The strength of our faith is when it is interlocked with our brothers and sisters in the faith. In fact, the faith that we're talking about here is not saving faith, but rather living faith. It is a trust in the promises and the power of God. But it's also a defensive weapon that protects us from Satan's fiery darts. Remember I said it was soaked in water before going into battle. And it says in all these, Paul, remember in Ephesians verse 16, it says, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Let me ask you a question. Would the enemy be shooting fiery darts at you if you weren't on the battlefield? No. If this thing was a playground, he wouldn't care. But it's a battleground, and so he's shooting those darts. And Satan shoots fiery darts at our hearts and minds, lies, blasphemous thoughts, hateful thoughts about others, doubts, burning desires for sin. And if we do not by faith quench those darts, they will light a fire within us, and we will live a life of disobedience. Why do we always have negative thoughts coming to our mind? Well, these are the fiery darts of the evil one. How about this? You're nothing. You're no good. You're pathetic. You can never make a difference. After what you did, do you think God really loves you? He'll never ever use you. But you put up the shield of faith and you say, I do not believe the accusations from the evil one. Instead, I believe I am who Christ says I am. See, God says I am blessed coming and blessed going out. He says that I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. He says that greater is the one who lives inside of me than the one who lives in this world. He says that he has plans to bless me and prosper me, to give me a hope and a future. He says that he is working in all things to bring about good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. The next piece of armor is this, the helmet of salvation. I'm going to land the plane here, but hold on. The helmet of salvation refers to the mind that is controlled by God. When God controls the mind... Satan cannot lead the believer astray. So what does it mean to cover or protect our head with salvation? Well, this is what salvation is. See, you're not saved because you're good. You aren't good. You're not saved because you're righteous. We're not righteous. You are saved not by your works, but only by the grace of God through faith in God's Son, Jesus Christ. And because he was perfect, because he sacrificed himself, because he shed his blood, He purchased you, you are his, and you are saved because of who Jesus is and what he did. And when you know that, your mind is protected. But finally today, there's the sword of the Spirit. This verse speaks not of a large sword, but what they call a double-edged dagger for close. And this is important, close hand-to-hand combat. And that's how it's typically going to feel in our life. We're not shooting arrows, we're in hand-to-hand combat with the enemy. Verse 17 says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. This is important. This is important. Listen, spiritual warfare requires you and me to engage the enemy close up. You cannot sit on the sidelines and engage in the battle that's going on in this world. We cannot sit on our couches. We can't hope that things get better. We have to stand up and in all holiness and all power and all belief and all and, and, and using the power of the Spirit, we have to get up and guess what? We have to get dressed. And not just get dressed as what we think it, but what my grandma meant. Hey, Ed, 
It's time to get up and get ready. Enough sleeping, enough resting. There's work to be done. Hebrews 4, verse 12 in the Amplified Version says, For the word of God, the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, the soul, and the immortal spirit, and of joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. So how do I put on the armor every day? Paul says it in verse 18, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. Prayer is the tool that enables a Christian soldier to wear the armor and to wield the sword. And I want to encourage you today, wear the armor every day, wear the armor, but not only wear the armor, but wield the sword. Let's get up and let's get dressed. Well, I've engaged your heart. When we get back, I want to engage your brain. And I want to talk to you. I'm going to be talking to you when we get back about 10 books that I've read this year and reasons that you should read them two in 2022. We come back, we're still going to be taking your call, so give us a call, LA, give us a call, Orange County, San Diego, Mexico, at 888-52-TALKS, that's 888-528-2557, or shoot us an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. This is Ed Carlson, and you're listening to Southern California Live here on 99.5 KKLA. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Southern California Live here on KKLA. I'm your host, Ed Carlson. It's been a pleasure and a privilege to be with you the last couple of days. And we spent the first two segments today talking about living a life of victory in 2022. And I believe part of living a life of victory is becoming and being all that God has called you to be. God gets to make the decision on what you and I are and what we're going to be. Why? Because he created us. The creator gets to tell the creation, hey, this is what I have created you to do. And so how do we do that? We do that by plugging in, by by getting in a personal, deep relationship with Jesus, talking to him every day, investing in in, uh, in our relationship with him, reading the word of God, and uh, putting ourselves around people that are righteous people that are going to cause us to become better versions of ourselves as life goes along and be a part of that sanctification process. But part of it as well, I am a firm believer in reading. I believe, as we've probably heard the statement before, leaders are readers. I tell that to my kids all the time. And I know a lot of kids don't like to read, but I've told them all the time, listen, you want to be a leader, you got to be a reader. Why? Because readers are leaders. And so I've got 10 books here for you uh, that I'm going to give to you. But before we do that, we do have a call and I uh, want to get to Bryn in LA. Uh, she's on line one. Bryn, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, how are you doing? Uh, so I, I'm blessed. I'm real good. Good, good, good. So I got just a little bit of time. I can about, about a couple minutes. Uh, but you, you wanted to talk about uh, at least what I see here about sexuality, and uh, tell me, give me your thoughts, and then I'll respond to it. What I think is that you know everybody's saying. Well, I keep hearing is if you don't accept me, then you are against me, and you're this, or you're that. But they got people got to realize it's free will. And regardless of whatever I think or anyone else does, it's not, that shouldn't be people's issue. They should have their own personal relationship with God if that's what they believe in. And everyone needs to be able to believe how they want without having to give something up. If, if I'm a person that doesn't believe that, then don't condemn me. 
if that's not the way I live my life and if that's the way you want to live your life, then that's okay. But don't expect everybody to give up to show you, oh, everything that you do is fine. But, you know, if we do it or we don't agree with it, and don't, or don't ask opinion if you truly don't want the truth. And so, yeah, the no. bottom line, Go ahead. the bottom line is when we die, it's your it's your relationship with God or whoever it is you believe in. That's your relationship. These are your death vows that you have to deal with. I don't have to deal with it. Nobody else does but you. And that's all that basically should be there. You're a good person. You live a good life. And if you truly believe in yourself, you shouldn't care what other people think. You know, that's just how I believe. I try to. It takes a lot of courage to be kind. Yeah. And that's how I live. No, Bryn, I thank you. I appreciate you calling. Listen, I love that you called. I love that, uh, you know, you have the courage to call and actually, um, you know, bring that point of view. Here's what I'll say, uh, Bryn. Um, and there's a couple of things. And uh, man, I wish you to call a little bit early. And I want to encourage you to listen to our next segment, uh, our next hour. We're going to be, uh, I'm going to be having a special guest on. And we're going to be talking about uh, sexuality and what's going on in our world. So I'd love for you to hear that. But man, next time, call in a little bit earlier so we'd have more time to talk about this. But let me say just a few words. A couple things that just kind of stood out to me. Um, you're right. Uh, kindness goes a long way, right? We need to be kind. We we need to get, uh, we as uh, Christians need to get, or, or some, I'm not saying I do this, but there's some that just, they kind of just, all they do is they just defeat people by how they talk to them, right? Uh, not realizing that we ourselves uh, have still things that we're working on. But let me say this. Let me let me just challenge you in one little statement that you made. And I would love to talk to you offline about this, Bryn. I'd love to continue this conversation. Um, you had made a little statement in there that said that we should be able to believe in whatever we want and not have to give anything up. Now, I would, lo- <laughs> I would love for that to be the truth. Now, that would, that could be my truth. That could be your truth, but it goes back to this concept of absolute truth. Uh, and when I say absolute truth, Brent, what I mean by that is that there is a God that gets to define what truth is. I, I could tell you right now that I believe that the sky is blue. Right now it's not blue, it's pretty gray. It's pretty wet. Or I could tell you that I think that by eating a sandwich every day or eating three sandwiches every day, that's all the nutrition that you'll ever have to have. Now, that would, could be my truth, and I could say, hey, just leave me alone. That's my truth, and, I, and so it's got to be true, and that's good to me, and so you know what? I'll have to answer to God for that. I'll have to answer the doctor about that. But the reality of it is... That's not true. If I just eat nasty sandwiches, and sandwiches aren't bad, but they're not the best thing for you. But if I eat sandwiches every day, all day, and still go, well, it's my truth, and I'm going to be okay, so just leave me alone. Or let me take it a little bit a step further, Bryn. Let's say that you were doing something in your life that was dangerous, at least dangerous to your... Let's just say that you did drugs, I'm not saying you do, Bryn, you probably sounds like an, you're an awesome person. But let's say that you had a problem, an addiction with drugs. But you said, you know what, that's how I deal with things. That's how I cope. And you know what, just, uh, you know, just leave me alone. I shouldn't have to give that stuff up in order to believe what I believe or to be right with God. I'll say this. If I don't share with you about how that could damage your life, I'm not loving you at all. Now, you may not agree with me. You don't have to. I'm not going to force you. You're right. You said one thing that you said is absolutely right. We have free will. We have the, we have the choice to choose whatever we want to do, whatever action we want to take. But when it comes down to it, the Bible says this. It says, we are all destined to die once and after that to face the judgment. Judgment with who? To stand in front of God himself and to give an account for the life that we live. So 
I want to make sure, and I want to make sure that you, Bryn, live a life in such a way that is lived according to the truth of God's Word. And so I wish I had more time to talk about such a great and deep question, Bryn. I love it. So please, please give us a call back, and uh, we'd love to hear from you again. And uh, God bless you. I hope you have a great new year, a great uh, uh, end of the year, and thank you so much for calling us. Um, I want to get to this real quick um, before the end of the break, before the end of this first hour. I said I was going to give you 10 books that are going to, I believe, can change your life radically. So I want you to get out a pen. I want you to get out a piece of paper or write them. Maybe you can uh, take out that notes portion on your iPhone and get ready to write these down because these are are going to be absolutely revolutionary in helping you lead a life of victory in 2022. The first one that I I read, just it was a great book, was a book called Tipping Point by Jimmy Evans. Tipping Point by Jimmy Evans. Um, The reality of it is we're living in tumultuous times. We live in a corrupt world, uh, politics, global pandemics, um, unprecedented rebellion against God and his word, the council culture, all that stuff. And so Jimmy Evans does a great job in examining some biblical prophecies about the end times and points uh, to a lot of parallels in today's world. And he does a good job not saying it's like, you know, he's not, you know, he's not trying to say like he's got the full answers on it. But, you know, he talks about are we living in the end times? How should believers respond to increasing immorality? Will Christians go through the tribulation? All that. So get check, go check it out. Tipping Point by Jimmy Evans. The second one is this, uh, Leading on Empty, Leading on Empty by Wayne Cordero. Now, I had my own journey this past year where, you know, we as pastors and leaders sometimes don't take care of ourselves the right way. And so I ended up in the hospital uh, in the, during the summertime, and, uh, and I just I was burning, candle at the, burning the candle at both ends. And this book really helped sh- shape me differently moving forward. It's really a message of revitalization and encouragement for leaders uh, before they want to leave the ministry. And, and Wayne Cordero, uh, what, what he did is he found himself paralyzed as well by burnout, and he found himself in the hospital. He'd been in ministry for 30 years. And so he takes really a season out of his growing ministry and, and recharges and refocuses. And really what the book is about is his journey doing that. So I want to encourage you to get that, if you're, especially if you're a leader, even a business leader, Leading on Empty by Wayne Cordero. Number three, Christians in a Cancel Culture by Joe Dallas. What a great book. In fact, we're going to have Joe on in just a couple minutes in this next hour. But Christians in a Cancel Culture by Joe Dallas. I'm not going to talk about that because we'll talk about it more uh, in our next hour. The fourth one is Winning the War in Your Mind by Craig Rochelle. Winning the War in Your Mind by Craig Rochelle. Great book. Um, really, it, it, it really kind of helps you learn how your brain works and see how to rewire it uh, to identify the lies the enemy wants us to believe and to recognize and short-circuit those mental triggers for destructive thinking and, and how to create new positive trenches in your mind. So Winning the War in Your Mind by Craig Rochelle. Number five, I'm going fast because we got to get, we're almost done here. we got a hard break. Fault Lines by Vadi Bakum. Fault Lines by Vadi Bakum. And this is a great um, book on the social justice movement uh, so the Christians can understand. Um, he's a preacher. Vadi is a, a preacher, professor, a cultural apologist, and he kind of explains kind of the sinister worldview behind the social justice movement, and especially critical race theory. Number six is a book called Bloodline by Skip Heitzig. Bloodline by Skip Heitzig. It's tracing God's rescue plan from Eden all the way through eternity, and uh, it is so good. Uh, He kind of invites you on an epic journey from Genesis to Revelation and so that you can kind of see it for yourself. Number seven, The Battle Plan for Prayer. We took our church through this. Uh, It's by Stephen and Alex Kendrick called The Battle Plan for Prayer. It is incredible. God said, what did Jesus say? He said, listen, my house will be a house of prayer. But let's be real. How many of us don't know a ton about prayer? This is a great book. Take your family through it. Number eight, Simply Christian. 
Why Christianity Makes Sense by N.T. Wright. Simply Christian, Why Christianity Makes Sense by N.T. Wright. Uh, He does a great job. Simply Christian kind of just... It serves as a straightforward introduction for those unfamiliar with the faith, and even it's even a source for kind of just uh, for those of you that, that that maybe don't even believe in the faith yet. N.T. Wright does a great job, so that's called simply Christian. Last two, Christian Apologetics by Norman Geisler. Christian Apologetics by Norman Geisler. That's for you out there that really kind of want to dig into the deep stuff. He brings some new attention to deism, theism. Uh, on inspiration of the Bible. It's great stuff. And the last one is, What Does the Bible Really Teach About Homosexuality by Kevin DeYoung? It's called, What Does the Bible Really Teach About Homosexuality by Kevin DeYoung? And he does a great job by examining key biblical passages in both the Old and the New, uh, and the Bible's kind of overarching teaching regarding sexuality. Uh, So anyway, that's what I've got, folks. I know it was fast, but we have a hard break. We're moving into our second hour. That wraps up our first hour. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Joe Dallas and talking about all things in the LGBTQ movement and especially the transgender side of that movement. And we want to hear from you. So give us a call at 888-52-TALKS. This is Ed Carlson, and you're listening to SoCal Life here on KKLA. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 